Hey, this is Evan Marcatz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Thanks for joining me on the Love You podcast. I'm really excited about today. Um, we're going to be talking about how to be an amazing first date. This is one of my favorite subjects. You don't go on 300 dates without learning something. So today we're talking about how to be an amazing first date. When we're done, I'll tell you how you could apply to Love You to join a community of smart, strong, successful women who are getting the love they deserve. Um, I'm really uh, never get never gets old uh, doing my job. Never gets old helping women find love, gain confidence, send me their wedding photos and their baby photos. And I'll tell you how you could be a part of that if you listen to this podcast and you like what you hear. So we're going to begin with an insight today. Uh, and the topic of first dates, as I said, is a favorite topic of mine. It's week eight of Love You. We go into much greater depth. We're going to I wouldn't say scratch the surface, but we're going to touch on some of those ideas here today because I think they're important. Um, most women, in my experience as a coach for women for a long time, haven't taken the time to think about how to be a great first date. Um, you think what's wrong with men, which you're completely right. Um, men haven't spent too much time thinking about it either. So as I said, this is not a common thing, but very few people take the time to think, how could I show up differently, bring out a better side of someone. Um, we're going to get to that a little bit later. The story I wanted to tell today is also a first date story. It's not about being a great first date, but it's paying attention to the energy of a first date. So this is a true story. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard to grasp um, how this actually happened, but this was like the first day of the rest of my life. Um, the first step towards meeting my wife happened on this first date with someone who wasn't my wife. So I was on J-Date, Jewish dating. I worked there like five times. Um, you know, I should have had an honorary membership um, given that I was on and off of that dating site for close to 10 years. Uh, I don't brag about that. It's just the facts. I was that guy who, you know, you break up with your boyfriend and you come back three years later and you still see me there. That I was, I was that guy. So, um, it's probably late 2006. I, I actually looked this up before I got on, but I, I forgot the details. But I literally went back through my old emails to, to find, try to find the details of this story. But I met a woman online and we were instant messaging and, uh, it was lively and it was fun and it was flirty. And we turned the instant messaging into emailing, which is what people did at that time. And I've got some really good email game and she, who shall remain nameless, had some really good email game. I, I really, I went back and reread them because I save everything because I'm a writer to see, oh wow, this thing that we had was electric and it lasted for about a week. And then I remember the first date really vividly. We went to um, a place in Hollywood uh, called Hollywood and Highland, kind of upscale, uh, renovated place in, in a pretty rundown area. And we went to this high-end bowling alley called Lucky Strike, right? Where they dim the lights and they serve you drinks. And it's a, it, it was, it was a party. And we had this really fun night, lots of laughing, went back to my place, making out. And she's my type. I, I don't like to talk too much about that. It's irrelevant what my type is, but she was a, she was a cur curvy brunette with a big personality big personality, um, actress. And 
I realized at the end of that night, even though the flirting was great and the date went great, that I was repeating the pattern of the first dates that always led me to get into the wrong kind of relationship because I was leading with attraction first and compatibility second. So here I am, you know, uh, dating coach, two books on shelves, doing this for four or five years, advising other people. And I'm generally not listening to my own advice. I'm sort of a world-class hypocrite. And so I remember after that date um, th that I, like, I, like, I like sat down with myself and was realizing these are like my attraction triggers. This is what I'm drawn to that has led me to go on 300 dates. So there was nothing wrong with her as an individual, but I'd gone out with many versions of her before and all of them ended up in flames. And so the thing that she had, I was drawn to, but it wasn't an effective dating strategy. I like the terms effective and ineffective. It wasn't a date, good effective dating strategy because every time I took up with someone who was my type with the big personality and the big career, especially actresses, but because it's LA, but not exclusive to that, never actually worked. So I made a decision. It was like a fork in the road to say, to break things off. We were only gone on one date. It wasn't like a break up, but I broke things off with her, right? which must've been really confusing because we, we had a good time. And just really like close Pandora's box and just realize like, like this doesn't work out. I need to find people who are more like my previous ex-girlfriend, little, little more even keel, a uh, little more easygoing, a little more family oriented, a little more down to earth, um, still playful, still silly, still fun, just not as big. Um, and it was, wasn't a matter of being intimidated by someone with a big personality. Like I got a big personality. It was, it was just a, a function of compatibility, right? How many times do you have to touch the hot stove to realize you're going to get burned? That was one of the last first dates I ever went on. I met my wife just a, a couple months later. Um, we've been together for 15 years. This woman became a Facebook friend. She's, as far as I recall, she's still married all these years later. So this worked out for everybody. I'd venture to say we made the right call. But remember, this took me 10 years, approximately 300 dates to arrive at the conclusion that just because you're attracted to someone, right, or like someone or drawn to someone or even have stuff in common, doesn't mean that you should date that person, much less that you're long-term compatible. So it's, I use the metaphor a lot. It's like liking junk food and realizing this junk food is not a sustainable long-term diet, but it's, it still might be the tastiest thing you could order. Just stepping away from the junk food to eat something healthy that you know is going to be more sustainable in the long run. So I offer that to you because absent of being your coach, absent of you applying to love you, where we can talk about this when you're actually dating a guy. How does it feel? What's he like? What's my personality? What's his personality? And really talk about the elements of compatibility. If I'm just giving you this in a short podcast, that's what I want your takeaway to be. 
people who have bad relationship patterns are almost the equivalent of alcoholics. I don't want to pathologize it, right? But we all collectively have a problem. And until we can sort of step back and wean ourselves off of it, either cold turkey or slowly, right, we're still going to have the same wiring. We're going to still have the same impulse to be drawn towards the emotionally unavailable man, to the man who told you he doesn't know what he's looking for and he's never going to get married, to the guy who is critical and verbally abusive because your dad was critical and verbally abusive. We're always going to be drawn. We don't stop being drawn to it because I say something in a podcast, right? You recognize you're drawn to it like an alcoholic says, I still want to drink. I choose to drink a glass of water. I choose not to even go to the bar. I don't need to be around that temptation. I know where that thread brings me. And so you're never going to get rid of your temptation. You're never going to get rid of what you're drawn to if what you're drawn to is toxic and unhealthy and incompatible with you. What you can do is make different choices that lead to different outcomes. And if you want help making those choices, go to www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash apply. Watch my video on how to fix your broken man picker. This is an element of fixing your broken man picker. And I will hold your hand through this process so that you do not have to listen to podcasts about dating and relationships. You could just have a happy, easy, passionate relationship that lasts for the rest of your life. Sound like a plan? Good. Next, love you small wins. And I always choose a small win from our epic Tuesday night coaching calls. These are all real. I get them transcribed and anonymized. Um, and it just thematically worked with today's content on first dates. Um, love you, small win. Went out on a first date last weekend. Towards the end of the date, the guy complimented me on how wonderful and different of a first date it was. That's because we do a whole unit on how to be a good first date, something that I don't even know exists anywhere else. Right? Usually, women go on first dates either if he's really cute, hoping, oh my God, I hope he likes me. I hope I don't do anything wrong. I hope I don't put my foot in my mouth. Or what's wrong with this guy? What's this guy's deal? Where is this relationship headed? Is he looking for something serious? Does he want children? Does he have money saved? Is he my equal? Did he vote the same way? We're very, very in our head about trying to figure out if he's the one and what his flaws are. That doesn't make for great first dates. So we change the focus of the first date. We have better first dates. If 90% of guys ask you out on a second date, you're doing pretty well for yourself and you have a lot of options. Just like if you were interviewing for a job and you had a bunch of companies making you job offers, you don't need to take all of them, but it does give you a lot of leverage if you have a bunch of job offers. So that's what we try to do is give you the best opportunity to have every guy like you, right? And, that's, and it also makes dating a lot more fun when you have positive experiences. So. I'll work with me and I'll show you how to make dating actually fun and connective. Um, I want to touch on, for a while, my recommended read for the week. This comes from the Sydney Morning Herald in Australia. Um, and it's all these, every article I'm going to read is going to be somewhat eye-opening or anything I'm going to share with you. I'm sharing with you for a reason. It's not just to 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 waste your time. So this is a survey of more than 3,500 singles conducted by the Australian dating site RSVP, found that 20% of users always got a second date, 
29% said they got one 75% of the time. 28% said they got one as often as not, about 50% of the time. That leaves a third of a users, a third of users stuck in a cycle of first dates, with 8% reporting that they sadly never got a second chance. So what gets you a second date? As I said, we gate of love you. We, we dive deep on this one. Um, I'm not going to talk about everything that's in that because that that is, you know, 10 videos on first dates. I'm going to stick with what's in this article, which is overlapping, slightly different advice, but it's good advice, which is why I wanted to share it with you. Um, first thing to be a great first date is to cast a wider net. Uh, the same way that I could say, I know what I'm attracted to, I know my type. It's not that I need to not be attracted to that or not like that. It's when we get too singularly focused on it. And this happens as we, we, we tend to get older. We, 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 we almost get sclerotic. We get stuck on what we like. Right? Oh, I know I've tried all those other things, but we actually haven't. We've been trying to date the same person in a different body over and over and over again. And so it's almost like being the little kid who orders chicken nuggets on the menu. He doesn't know what other food tastes like because he refuses to try other food and he convinces himself that he's not going to like anything. And real life tends to prove that. Anything my son tries, he's going to decide he doesn't like almost before he puts it in his mouth. Right, it's a very limiting palate. So if you're going to go on a date, go in with an open mind and by casting a wider net, it allows you to experience, like trying a new food, like trying a new drink, like trying a, a different movie or a TV show or job or vacation spot. You'd be surprised at the things that you might like if you tried it. I, certainly I have. Uh, I mean, now maybe I'm Maybe I'm anomalous. Maybe maybe I'm more open to new experiences, but I don't think I'm special in that regard. For me, the revelation right, was that when I was young, and this is actually this is a, uh, something I didn't expect to say. When I was young, and I was raised in the '80s, and I was I was influenced by looking at posters of supermodels, right? Like that was that was my that was. That was what you did. You had the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I had posters on my wall. Um, that was the, it was the 1980s, and everybody was supermodel looking. That impacted the way I viewed women when I was in college. When I got a curvier girlfriend my senior year of college, I thought, this is a little weird. I don't know if I could do this. And then I realized, oh, I like this too. That's sort of an example of what it looks like when you say, huh, I didn't know I could like it until I tried it. And this doesn't mean going out with someone that you are definitely not attracted to, right? Your dating coach is not saying, forcing you to go out with guys who you think are stupid or lame or not worthy of respect or, or empirically not attractive that you'd have to have six drinks to even imagine kissing. It's more what we talk about here in the Love You podcast, the idea of screening in. If his profile is a six and his photo is a six, swipe right, text, have a phone conversation, a FaceTime. If that goes well, then maybe you meet him. And if it doesn't go well, it doesn't really cost you much of anything. 
So great place to start is casting a wider net. Um, next, according to this article, they say date in your ballpark. Now, nobody wants to think they have a ballpark. Right? I mean, how do, you, how do we know this is true? Think of the guys that write to you who you are out of their league. Did these guys try to date in their ballpark? No, that's, that's a very human thing. He's on the app. He's on the site. Maybe he's paying for it. Maybe he's not. But given access to that, he's going to initiate contact. He's going to write to whoever he has a chance to write him to. Why shouldn't the 65-year-old guy making 25 grand a year uh, initiate a conversation with a supermodel? I mean, why, why, why wouldn't he? And the one in a million chance that she writes back. So this is the way people are when it comes to dating and online dating. That's not what I mean by casting a wider net, by the way. It's not a wider net for like, how can I get the, the hot guys? You could always take a crack at the hot guys, but the numbers show that people, men and women both, tend to try to date 25% up. Also not surprising. I applied to you know my reach schools when I was you know a senior in high school. Everybody wants to be aspirational and try to date what they find more appealing, uh, higher status, more attractive. There's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, your ballpark consists of who's willing to write back to you. Right? That's everybody's dating pool. Right? Your dating pool doesn't consist of people who are not interested in you. Your dating pool consists exclusively of people who are interested in you. So when you say dating in our ballpark, your dating ballpark consists only of the people who are initiating contact with you, responding to you when you initiate contact, following through right? Because there's one thing swiping right and sending a text virtually, but to actually follow through to get on the phone, hypothetically, like I recommend, organize a date. That, that is a, just a smaller pool of people. And so we tend to, all of us tend to overvalue the people who are not interested in us and undervalue the people who are interested in us. That's a, that's a, once again, it's a human experience. Just because I'm a coach for women, I'm not saying this is exclusive to women. Men do the exact same thing. And so when you date in your ballpark, in our Venn diagram, you have a better chance of finding a fit right? than if you, it's all aspirational. I'm uh, another broken metaphor. I'm only going to apply to jobs that uh, pay me a million dollars a year, and I won't apply to any other jobs. It's an exaggeration to make a point. Well, if you only apply to jobs that don't that pay a million dollars a year, there's just not that many of them, right? I'm not looking for jobs in my ballpark. That's not my established salary. I might think I'm worth a million dollars, but if my historical record is that I get paid $100,000 and I'm applying for these jobs that are really aspirational, I can't be terribly surprised if I'm, if I'm unemployed for a really long time, perhaps indefinitely. So it's making your expectations meet reality. If your expectations are out of line with reality, you're going to have a really challenging online dating experience. And a lot of people do because they overestimate. And again, this says nothing about you personally. This is not about my feelings about you. Right? It's free market economics. That's right. You're as valuable as your options. If you have got a thousand guys interested in you, you could afford to be more choosy and probably choose a guy that you think is better. And if you have 10, you might want to choose the one out of the 10 for that week's date uh, instead of thinking all the 10 suck. I'm going to hold out for a mythical person 
And then you only go on one date every two months because you're holding out for something really rare. Love You asks you to go out on approximately a date a week if you're doing it right. Um, next, are you a buyer or a seller, says the article. And that's a, this is first date advice. Are you a buyer or a seller? That is this, their way of saying, are you the CEO? Are you the intern? What is the energy that you're showing up with on this first date? Right? Are you sitting back, relaxed, behind the desk, watching the other guy demonstrate to you why he's worthy of a second date and being present, making him feel interesting and attractive and like the most, most important guy in the room? Are you giving him that great first date experience where any guy is going to want to come back for a second round of interviews? That's going to make a big difference. Um, if you're a seller right, versus a buyer, you're going to be, please pick me. You're not saying it, but is how am I doing? Are you having fun? Am I going to see you again? Oh my God, I'm acting really weird. I'm talking too much. I'm talking too little. Um, just being in your head, thinking about what's going on. What if, what if he does this? What if I do this? All that stuff takes you outside of your comfort zone if you're the intern hoping this cute, smart, successful guy chooses you. You always want to be the CEO. You always want to be behind the desk evaluating him and simultaneously showing him a great time because he took the time to interview for the job with you. Next, uh, show you like him. Uh, I put up a meme on Facebook. Uh, I don't exactly know what it says, but you know, if, if, you, if you like a guy, show him. Something like that. It was like the most mundane, like two line thing. I got a whole bunch of women yelling at me and arguing with me that you should never, that you shouldn't do that. Um, I'm not suggesting you should chase down a guy. Right? We talk about mirroring the idea that, that he should initiate and you should respond to him. But when I say show a guy you like him, it's when you're together, show him that you like him, right? Like, look him in the eye and touch him on the hand and take his arm when you walk down the street, right? Thank him for choosing this restaurant, planning the date, driving to you, picking up the check, right? Compliment him if it's organic, not forced. I'm not putting him up on a pedestal, telling him how great he is and how unworthy you are, but compliment him if he did something right, if he wore a nice shirt, if he told a funny story, if he has a set of shoes that uh, you find dazzling. I mean, there's no downside to making someone feel good because men are about feelings. He's going to come back for a second date because he felt good on the first date. Right? It's not in here. It's in here. So just the idea that you show someone that you like him instead of just sitting back and either nervously saying, I hope he picks me or evaluating him like, okay, what's this guy's deal? How, he, how, how is he going to hurt me? That's way too here. And we really want to be present on a date. Every time I'm on, I'm on here with you, I'm present with you. I'm nowhere else. We value people who are present with us. And too many people go on dates thinking of other things, thinking of work, distracted by their phones. So definitely make him feel good about it. Um, make a good first impression and avoid obvious mistakes. This article says men should dress appropriately. The guy who comes in the ripped t-shirt and the shorts, not spending too much time on his appearance. Women, this article saying, uh, complaining about men, uh, 
online dating, all men are awful, similar things, whether men do this, women do this, you really want to turn this into the equivalent of an interview and bring your best self the way you would for an interview. Not that it's the end of the world if it doesn't go well, but why not tilt everything in your favor to make things go right and eliminate obvious things that people tend to do on first dates that trip them up. Um, and finally, and I think this is so very important, uh, I recognize this even when I'm on a podcast where I'm the only person talking. I'm conscious about talking about myself too much. I know I do it because it is Evan Marquette's Love You podcast. But if you're on a date, right, and men are, men are even far worse culprits, far worse culprits about talking about themselves too much, right? It's a give and take. It's a dialogue, right? The best thing you can do, Dale Carnegie, 1934 or something like that, how to win friends and influence people. It's about showing interest in other people, not just asking a question, but asking a follow-up question, right? So not just hijacking the story. He says that he likes hiking and then you go on a 20-minute story about your hiking crew and the best hike you've ever went, gone on and all he did was tee you up to talk about yourself. That's a common thing people do. They wait for the other person to stop speaking so they could interject and pull it away. So just taking a beat. And if you find yourself talking about yourself, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just realized I've been going on and on about myself and then turning the conversation on the other person. These are effective right? human dating techniques that don't require uh, a deep skill set, rather a greater awareness of the dynamic. Now, again, I understand that men are usually the ones who are hijacking the conversation and talking about themselves, but I've been on enough dates to know that women do this too. So um, that's it for this article. Um, what I want to share at the close of this conversation is a love you love story. This is a great one. So I'm going to read it verbatim. Uh, and again, I don't write these. I just have a folder saved with all of these things that provide me joy and validation and proof of concept that Love You works. It was such a pleasure and so helpful to work with you and Love You over the last six months. I've learned a ton in the process. I hope I don't ever have to be online again, but who knows? And if I do, I will be so much better equipped. That being said, almost three months after our first meeting, things with my boyfriend and me are absolutely phenomenal. He is kind caring, communicative, committed in person, and all that with an ultra as a prefix. I've never met a person like him. Plus, he's sweet, fun, sexy, active, interested, and interesting, social, and has good friends. He even started learning my native language. I never asked him to do that. He's told his friends, parents, siblings, sons, colleagues about me. He says he could not be any happier. I couldn't either. We spend a lot of time together. He calls and FaceTimes on the days where we can't talk. Uh, we have just this week started switching from I like you to I love you. We both know it's early, but it feels right. My anxiety level is down below 2% and you have helped me get there. Thank you, Evan. Signed, Heidi. Um, as always, these are real stories of real women who are just like you, reading a blog, blog post, listening to a podcast, wondering why their life wasn't changing by virtue of just reading and listening. The difference is people who take action get results. Everything involves action. Otherwise, you're just learning and ruminating and nothing really changes unless you have someone who is holding the mirror up to you and holding you accountable. 
That is what Love You Live coaching is about. If you're interested, I highly encourage you to apply. Are you the woman who has everything except a man? You can have the relationship of your dreams and you don't have to change to get it. In Love You, you will gain confidence, let go of unhealthy relationship patterns, learn to trust your judgment, understand and attract quality men, assess long-term compatibility, and create a passionate, unconditionally loving relationship with a partner who puts you first, never lets you down, and always makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click on the Apply for Coaching button to get started.